When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 172. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? Okay. You know how I feel at this time of year. You know how I feel and how I get at this time of year. Yeah, you're, just, you're screwed. Ugh. You're screwed. I, I don't like Christmas much. You like you I, hate I, fun. I, I hate fun so much. It's the worst, but everyone needs to just have a bad time, okay? Right, I'm done with this good times 2020, all right? Uh, now, it's it's not that I don't like Christmas. It's I don't like everything around it. I like dinner with my family, when friends, I guess. You can't really see those right now. And gravy. That's it. That That's, that's good time for me. No that, presents? That's what I care about. Like presents are fine. I hate the whole political thing of presents and like the the contract that you essentially sign when it comes to gift giving. Here is my list. Purchase all of these things on it, and I will accept nothing that deviates from this list. Thank you. Like my dad gave me one thing. We did like a a, a name exchange, and he's like, "Here's the one thing I want." And I was like, "Cool, thanks, Dad. I guess I'll buy that." Done. Like it just seems like a checklist, right? I, I finish that. Done. It, what's the point? What's the, I, there's no thought. There's no, you're not letting me like go around and do anything. It's ridiculous. Are you a good gift giver though? If you had to be like, if you were on your own, do you think you'd be able to get a good gift? No, no, no. I, I'm an okay gift giver. I'm not a good gift giver. That's for sure. Okay, it depends on who it is for me. Like okay. my my, I think that I'm a thoughtful gift giver, and like in relationships and stuff like that, that's been good. But I'm talking like parents. Anytime I get a gift from my mom or my dad, they never use it. And there's so much thought behind it too. Like my mom, she usually likes, like she's, she exercises, like she goes out on walks and like she would go to the gym and have like her, her busted headphones that are like plugged into her, the bottom of her phone. So I was like, you know what? For her birthday this year, I got her AirPods. I'm like, it's perfect. It's Bluetooth. She's going to love it. She's used it like five times. My dad drives a tow truck every day. Christmas like three years ago. I was like, you know what? I'll get him a dashboard cam. If someone ever hits his truck, like he'll have it all on camera. Like this is a thoughtful gift. You think he ever put that in his truck? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I'm just wasting money on these people with these really thoughtful gift ideas and nobody appreciates it. So maybe I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, those are great gift ideas. Yeah. The rationale is perfect. Yeah, there's thought. Uh, yeah. 
I don't get it. Just let's just have a hangout, a good time, and let's do that. Don't like I saw my neighbor putting up lights, and she's like sitting on her steps, exacerbated, just kind of like, oh, these lights are killing me. You know, placing the ladder precariously over the snow and driveway, trying not to kill yourself to put a bulb in a tree. Don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> just, just stop. Stop. You don't need to kill yourself for Christmas. Oh my God. Yeah. This put, season is the worst. <laughs> put that on a T-shirt. Love that. <laughs> Don't kill yourself for Christmas. I will, maybe. Uh, oh, what's going on with you, buddy? Any any better times going on? No, I, I think we could I think we could use it on on that that Christmas banter to start. There's I have nothing else good to add. It's been dead at work, like I was telling you before we started. So I, I'm just living the dream over here. So let's jump into it. We got a, a, a bunch of stuff we could talk about. Ironically, we, we started this show by talking about why Mitch hates the month of December and this time of year. <laughs> And our first topic today, we want to talk about the potential of a busy December because, as we've discussed in past episodes, the NHL desperately wants to start their season in January. In the start of January, they want their season to go, and we are now less than a month away from that, and there is still no plan. So our thought process is this has to be a busy month, no? Yeah. Well, so, like, already... you're right. Like we're we're nowhere near a January start date. In fact, we're not even like sitting at tables hashing out no. like specific details of a plan. It's we're not actually in an, in an a renegotiation, says Gary Bettman. That's where we're at right now. We're trying to define the terms of what the hell is happening between the NHL and the NHLPA, at least publicly. Right, right. Who knows what's happening privately? Of course, is that that's privately. No one has access to that. And sure enough. Uh, Donald Fair and Gary Bettman aren't like coming out and discussing what's happening after every session. No. If they're having sessions, we've heard they are and we've heard they're not talking. We have no idea what's going on. But so that's where we are. So if they want that January 1st start date, things are going to have to start moving and have to start moving quick. And I don't know if we're, I don't think it's going to happen. No, with the stuff that Bettman's been coming out and saying the last few days, I don't see how they are able to start the season in a month. And and he said today, or I read somewhere today, that he said there would be, he didn't say for how long, but he said that there would be a training camp and, you know, a, a, enough of a training camp for the guys to feel comfortable. Well, like, how quickly do you plan on getting something done here? Because what would you say is a good enough amount of time for training camp? Two weeks? Three weeks? Like, what's the number there? I would say two weeks is is a good amount. Uh, now, uh, if we're assuming games are, are a factor, that might be different. I'm just going back now and, and, and for for last season to see when it started. Like the the game started on the 16th, their la- their first exhibition game, and their last one was on the 28th. So we're looking at two full weeks of just exhibition games, and we know there's a couple days of of training camp before that. So yeah, two plus weeks, and we're talking like they have seven exhibition games here. That they they can't have that. Like it's going to be three exhibition games max, right? Kind yeah. of like what they did in the bubble, right? If, well, if they did one, they did one. I was going to say you're probably lucky to get three. Like that might be best right. case scenario to get three. And like they're going to we. I keep stumbling over my words because I, my thoughts are going forward and then like oh remember this or oh, remember that. Because uh, we can build a preseason schedule based on just the Islanders. But we know the Islanders played up until the Eastern Conference Finals. What about teams like the Ottawa Senators or the Buffalo Sabres who haven't played since March? Right, They're going to want some time. Like Their guys have been sitting idle, most of them, yeah, most. Uh, the large majority of them, idle for months now. And then it's like, here's three preseason games. Hope you can make the playoffs. Thanks. 
what? What are we talking about? Yeah, no, that that that's wild. Like, think about it. That's nine months probably since they put right March to December, January. That that's a long yeah. freaking time, man. That's crazy to think. That's not fair either. Usually, it's usually about. I would say probably close to four weeks of, of training camp, right? A, a little more over two weeks of games and then maybe like a week before that. So three and a half, so, somewhere in that range. We'll say ballpark a month. The month of September yeah. is usually training camp time. It's not going to be that. It might, you're luck, Like we've been saying, you're probably lucky to get half of that, which is crazy. And it's un, it is unfair for those teams who... Granted, they sucked, but they were not pl- they were not playing in the return to play in August... And they weren't playing before that, so now they're SOL because it's been since March, since the last time they all played together. Yeah, so if they want to get this done, there's a lot of business that has to happen in a shortening amount of time, right? And we also have to factor in the Christmas break. Like, the NHL doesn't play 24th, 25th, 26th usually. Uh, What happens there in terms of a training camp? Who knows? Anyways, uh, so they, they, they... if we're just looking at the Islanders, have a lot of business to do, assuming that we start January 1st, right? Uh, We are cap compliant right now, uh, but we don't have Matthew Barzal signed. We don't have uh, arguably, uh, not arguably, but we don't don't have Andy Green signed. We don't have Matt Martin signed, who all have, according to belief, signed contracts that Lou just has not filed yet. So that's three guys that need to be signed and then fall under the cap. That's a lot of movement and a lot of moves that for a GM like Lou, who has not made a lot of moves in his three years here, uh, has to do within weeks. Weeks. Right, and that's another part of it, too. And something I wrote about this past week is how we haven't... Oddly enough, the Devontae's trade, which feels like a long time ago now, because it is, it was October 12th. The last trade was the next day, October 13th. That was the last time a trade has happened in the NHL. And there's been like four UFA signings since the calendar flipped to November. So it's been completely dead. So if the if the plan is, like let's say we're operating under the assumption that the NHL is dead set for January 1. So we're going to have to say two weeks back from that for our version of what a proper training camp is. So in the next two weeks... It, it, what is all hell gonna break loose in like the next fourteen days? Yeah, that that's what would have to happen, right? Like first off, the NHL and NHLP have to agree to something. Let's assume they do, and then from there it's go. So you got prospects coming back from uh, Europe. You've got uh, the AHL essentially starting up their training camps as well. I would imagine uh, maybe delay a week type of yeah. thing, uh, and, and then from there guys going back to where they are. Like if we're just looking at Beauvillier, for example, and keeping it within the Islanders, he's out in Quebec. So he's going to have to quarantine, I would imagine, right? Yeah. A 10-day quarantine in New York, right? I, I think is, is the limit. I believe so. I, I think it's 10 days. Right? So, like, right there, that's two full working weeks gone. Gone. Of just guys, like, having to quarantine. If they haven't left already, right? Like, some guys might already be there. Of course, so you got, like, guys like Bailey, uh, Matt Martin, Sezikis, uh, and I believe Cal Clutterbuck as well, who, who live full-time there anyways. Um, but you have other guys who don't. So they have to move, come back. They have to quarantine as well as the guys in Europe. Uh, and then what else? Then you need to get cap compliant. You need to bring in players to form your roster to go forward and then be cap compliant by the end of training camp. It's a whole lot of business to do in weeks. Plus, you have Christmas. Who's yeah. buying gifts at this time? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's 
It's nuts. And there are so many balls up in the air here, which makes it for me really hard to believe that the NHL is going to get something to, to be able to work in the, in the next couple of weeks because they, they just seem way too far apart right now. And, and as you said, like, just think, like, let's say I'm not betting on it, but let's say in the next couple of days, the NHL figures something out. So then you're going to have all 31 teams in the league running like mad to get their guys from literally all over the world to back wherever they are. We don't even have, Mitch, we don't have a schedule yet for these games. Like, there is so much to do. I feel so overwhelmed, and I have nothing to do with it at all. That's the weird part. Apparently, that the, the logistics of it can be done fairly quickly from what everything that, that I've read. Like, that's not the, where the hookup is for the return to play. It's going to be the economic issues that divide the NHL and NHLPA. Uh, like the deferrals right. and so on and so forth, or or escrow, uh, that that needs, and that's why we're having these like the, the lines are being drawn, and they're very firm lines. Where players like you can't renegotiate something you negotiated four months ago, and the owners like, yeah, well, we might be out three hundred million dollars, so what do we do? Uh, and then the players like, well, I don't care, you signed a deal. That's your fault if you were dumb enough to figure that out. Like, that's your problem. Yeah, it's. This is rough. This is really rough. I, I don't know, and I don't know how much I buy this either, but I did see some rumors that there could be a potential that there isn't a 2021 season, which that would just be catastrophic. Well, so that's the thing. There, there's uh, language in the CBA that specifically bars the NHL and NHL, like a lockout. It, like With no uncertain terms, there will not be a lockout. Okay. While this agreement is in place, there cannot be a lockout. Right. Well, what what they define as lockout is we'll see, but like... Um, they they can't bar the players from playing uh, if, if if it's safe to do so. They they can't do it. Okay. Well, legally speaking. Right. Right. Oh my god. This is hectic. So, it's going to be late. I I think the season is going to be late, but that still doesn't change anything. It just kind of pushes the window back. Like we still have to do all of this business. We might be not you and I or you listening unless you Lula Amarello. If so, maybe give me a deal. I'll I'll, I'll work something out for you, buddy. Um, but they've got to figure out all of this stuff, cap compliancy. That's what we'll talk to you a little bit later. Uh, bringing in their players, figuring out training camp, getting a schedule ready, figure out what your roster is going to look like. like th- that that one there alone really throws me for a loop. Because what about guys like Derek Brassard or, or other guys yeah. who just are on the fringes going like, what do I do? Where am I going? Even guys like lower on in the depth charts, like if we're talking about like the Cole Koskis and Felix Bibos of the Islanders, guys who signed AHL deals, mm-hmm. but really don't have a place on the AHL roster. Uh, they, they might be able to work their place through training camp, but like as it stands now, you wouldn't really pigeonhole them in for a spot on the roster. No, no, no. There's no ECHL this year for the the Railers, the Worcester Railers. I think that's how I pronounce it. I think Spiz so. is going to correct me. Um, the, there's no ECHL. Where do they go? The Islanders have to figure something out. Islanders, uh, Sound Tigers, you know, same kind of thing, have to figure out where they're going to go. So what? Are, are, they're going to have to wait until all of this is figured out and then quarantine? How does that work for, like, PTOs? Right? Great question, Mitch. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to respond to that because there's not a good answer. It, and that's just it. Like That's more of the logistics, at least from a team perspective, going like we were going to bring guys in to take a look at them. But we can't really logistically call a guy today and say, hey, can you come to New York to PTO for our team? Yeah, sure. Let me drop everything if I'm in, like, I don't know, 
Saskatchewan or, or North Dakota or whatever, or Mi- Minnesota, whatever. Anyways, you you get the drift. To go to New York, quarantine for 10 days and then play? They've got to know this well ahead of time. And that that's assuming that they haven't exhausted all their other options to build the roster. It's just there's so much to think about. There's so much to do in so little time. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to say it. There's so much to do and not and not a lot of time at all. And there's a lot to figure out. So it's it's going to be interesting for the NHL. That's for damn sure. Heck yeah. Anything else on this busy December before we move this thing along? I'm looking forward to it from a content perspective. I, yeah. I know that the listeners might not necessarily share the same concerns when it comes to hashtag content, but for, for me, that's a paycheck. So hurrah. Absolutely. So let's move on and talk about the salary cap after the Johnny Boychuk retiring slash injury slash what what he, he's going to go. We're assuming LTIR No. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So. What happens next is essentially what we want to get into. And, and when I was writing the, the preview piece, I posed the question, can we pencil in Andrew Ladd to LTIR now? Is that the next move? You would you would have to think so. You really would, right? Because I saw what you wrote, like saying Tom Siki, Leo Komarov, and others um, with, with bad cap hits. We assume they might be going to the to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, right? Where it's the possible. Islanders can bury up to, uh, not up to, but bury $1.075 million each. That doesn't really free up enough cap space to get Matthew Barzell signed and the two other guys that are ostensibly already signed. So, like, there, there's some business to be done. And Andrew Ladd to LTIR is the, the first one that, that has to happen. Or, or retire or trade it. But that last one, yeah. lulls. No, traded, I, I definitely don't. I'm not even, I don't have that idea in my head. That That's long gone at this point. Unless he goes to LTIR, then doesn't that make him more valuable in the trade market? <sighs> Maybe you can make that case. Right? Like, the thing is that... He sell the team sells to pay twenty percent of his salary, so like that that's a huge cap hit there to to swallow for three years, right? Correct. You're paying twenty percent, assuming he stays on LTIR. Uh, in a world where no one wants to spend an extra dollar, are they going to spend an extra twenty percent of their monies or twenty percent of Al, uh, Andrew Ladd's contract to bring him in for nothing? I don't know. Are they that dead set on on on, on bumping their cap hit higher? I, I don't think so. But regardless. LTIR makes Ladd a little bit more valuable in the trade market. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And I see the point there. I, I just think that if I had to bet on what's likely to happen, I would think it'd be LTIR here. And like, it's not, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. We were talking about this even like long before we found out the boy Chuck news. It's just, the guy has two bum knees at this point. Like what he has to go through every day to just be able to get on the ice for that day is crazy. So we talked about Boychuk when, when, when he unfortunately, quote unquote, retired. Um, and a lot of people were cynical saying like, oh, Robida Island. Mm-hmm. And not just like people on Patreon who are, who are not saying it uh, cynically, but just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. They're asking the right questions. But then you had people like Steve Dangle online going like, ha, ha, Lou, ha, ha, well, Lou did a thing. I don't know why I made him sound like Pee Wee Herman. But anyways, um, th- Johnny Boychuk was not a Robita Island situation. Andrew Ladd, however, could very well be a Robita Island situation. Like Andrew Ladd, 
after months on the sidelines, came back, played that one playoff game, looked okay, yeah. and then did, didn't play afterwards. And by okay, I mean okay on Andrew Ladd's standards. Yeah. Um, and then to Roby Dot Island him, even though he's got like TikToks galore of him working out on, on, on elliptical machines, looking a okay to me. Uh, and then Lou's going to say, like, he can't play hockey anymore. That would be a Robita Island situation. And I absolutely believe that's going to happen. See, I think you could spin it that he has to do all, like, those TikToks you see of him on the elliptical. Like, he has to do all that just to stay at sh- at the shape to go for that day. And it's just too much for him to do that. So it's almost like him. Do- but maybe that would lean more towards the retiring thing then. I don't think he's going to retire, like officially. That yep. is right. That that's what you mean by retire, right? Correct. Like officially, like submit the papers. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because then he forfeits his salary, right? And that's just that he's got a lot of monies coming to him. Most of it is signing bonus, but still, he's got monies owed uh, for three years. Eh. Maybe he's had a year left, but not not if he's got three. He's he's gonna quote unquote retire like Johnny Boychuk. He's just not gonna say like I can't play hockey anymore, but I'm not gonna file my paperwork which means they'll put him on LTIR and then, you know, save 80% financially where the rest of it is insurable. Yeah, honestly, I really think that's the the play here, for sure. Yeah, and th- that opens up avenues for the Islanders when it comes to LTIR. That that helps them increase their cap ceiling, potentially. Yeah, you would think so. You would absolutely think so. I would, you probably sign or hand in those the paperwork for Matt Martin and and. and I almost said Andrew Ladd. Um, Andy Green. Uh, <laughs> Andy Green. Yeah. Starts with an A. I know. And a and D. That's really, that's where it gets me to. Yes. Uh, I think you would probably send those in and then you'd probably be, well, it's not going to take $3.9 million, but you'd be closer. And then you'd move them to the LTIR, add Barzal, and now you're cooking. Yeah, exactly. So with just Andrew Ladd there as well, you're, you now have 115 ostensibly that you can raise over the cap ceiling so the way LTIR works in creating cap space isn't as clear as we just are we just got ourselves an extra 5.5 million dollars on the cap that's not how it works it's if you go you anyways this is a whole the whole thing read cap friendly it's not just a free 5.5 million dollars that you can now spend freely you have to hit a certain you have to hit your ceiling and then you can go over that ceiling by that that amount of money um so it's not exactly eighty one point five plus five point five. It's not. That's not it. Right. It's so. Sorry, God. But that getting those two helps them tap into more of that money uh, than than not getting it. Um, so they'll, they'll likely do that. The two. You're right. As soon as Andrew Ladd does or doesn't go to LTIR, well, does I would assume. Uh, they they will send in the paperwork for Andy Green. They will send it in for Matt Martin, and I would imagine you find a Matthew Barzal signing lodged between those two. Um, what the cap it is for that, we'll see. But I I don't imagine it's going to be anything above seven. I'd be surprised if it's over seven million dollars for Matthew Barzal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but I mean it is. It's it's going to be a bridge deal. That I I think it's that's pretty obvious at this point because who the heck's going to sign a long-term deal in this market right now? I don't think it's going to be a two-year deal, though. I, I would bet that it's going to be a three-year deal. I know that's what you wrote about earlier this week, but well, it makes a whole lot of sense, too, from that perspective. 
Yeah, it it really does, and the way it's it's structured as well uh, is really going to be interesting to see. So the one that I wrote, uh, I compared, our, our, I used Mikhail Sergachev's recent contract as an example to build what Matthew Barzal's could be, um, but that that's based on, on a slim understanding of how escrow works as well. Like uh, I'm going to read something later on in, in the uh, the social segment from Puckpedia on how escrow is actually going to be calculated and how it could be advantageous for someone. Um, with with a bigger cap hit uh, type of thing. So I'll, I'll read that a little bit later. So we'll see what he signs for. Like, is he worried about Esther now? Is he worried about deferrals? Is he, what, what is, what, what happens? Is he, are they going to go like full on? No, no, we're going to sign you eight years, $9 million. We're going to go all out. I don't know. But I would imagine it's $7 million. Just it, bridge deals scream. Lou Lamorello and bridge deals are best friends. Oh, they're one they of the same. They have the BFF like neck chain there, mm-hmm. and uh, they've been hanging out for a long term. Matching tattoos, even I've heard. <laughs> they got bro tats for sure. Absolutely. Uh, do you think uh, we? I mentioned Thomas Hickey, Leo Komarov. Do you think either or both of either or both one or the other or both? Uh, my, my brain's not working. Don't mind me. Any of them going to the AHL? I believe both of them will. Ooh, okay. I, I would like that. I, I'm not sold on them sending Leo Komarov to the AHL. I would, but I'm not sold on the Islanders doing it. If maybe, maybe not. Like if Lad goes to LTIR, uh, I don't think that the math is is necessary where you have to send him in, right? Like you have to earn or like, get back that 1.075 million dollars in terms of cap space. Um, but if Lad doesn't go to LTIR, then all three of them are going to are going down and then we'll see what that how that impacts the Matthew Barzell signing because that only opens up another 3.075 million dollars of cap space sorry 3.225 I believe is the math 3.225 on the 3.9 which that would put you over the seven but barely I mean they'd be at the cap ceiling by like fractions at that point and then you have the Johnny Boychuk LTIR money to play with Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, there you go. Sorry, I, I just completely forgot about that. Look, it's not a math podcast reason. So, look, it, just by having those three, so that's Lad, Hickey, Komarov, go to the AHL, plus $3.905 million they have in cap space right now, that's $7.13 million of cap space without talking about Johnny Boychuk. Correct. We have not talked about Johnny Boychuk. We haven't touched any of that. So if Matthew Barzal chews up seven... They could. They are now one hundred thirty thousand dollars from the eight point or eighty one point five million dollars cap ceiling. Now they can, the, the way that it works, they can establish that line, uh, the the eighty one point five minus one hundred thirty thousand as their cap ceiling, and then go over that line by six million dollars. Okay. So so if if I if I do this math right, eighty one point five yes minus point one three, their cap ceiling. Before tapping into Johnny Johnny Boychuk would be eighty one point three seven, uh, sorry eighty one point three seven million dollars. That would be their cap ceiling, their ACSL, mm-hmm. according to uh, how it's worked with uh, LTIR. They would then be able to go six million dollars above that. So that's eighty seven point. Sorry, I don't know why I had to add that. <laughs> eighty seven point three seven million dollars would be their new cap, cap ceiling. ceiling. Okay. After signing Matthew Barzell to a $7 million extension, sending Ladd, Komarov, and Hickey to the minors. Interesting. Okay. Okay, okay. It's it's interesting to talk through. I mean, I think 
listeners will appreciate that because it's confusing for us to even try to figure out like it's not there's a lot of ways that they could do this there's a lot of ways there's a lot of moving pieces which plays into what we were talking about earlier like we're talking about if lad does this then do that if lad doesn't do that then do these three different things that's a lot of things to do and a lot of players to consider right like what does leo do what does hickey do it's not that they can contest it they don't have no move clauses um so you know sucks to be them they, they, they can go they might pat they have to pass through waivers i would imagine but like if they get claimed great right they're not going to get claimed no i i don't imagine so maybe i could see hickey maybe getting claimed by like the detroit or or something like that but we'll i i don't i'm not I, confident on that let's just right. say that but that would be that would even be a good thing for the islanders because then you're, you're completely clearing that. And, I mean, good for Hickey, because he would probably play on Detroit. I think he could play in the NHL. Yeah, there's just no room for them on this team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, 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 set. they're set. Like, there's, there's no room for Thomas Hickey on this team. And, yeah, if they can clear that 2.5 by sending him through waivers, then great. Thank you for your service, Thomas. Uh, we really appreciate your time here. Now you get to play. You're welcome. Absolutely. Anything else on the salary cap? A lot of math to be done. Uh, I'm sure like some of you at home have your spreadsheets and, and you've figured it all out and, and you, you might be dead on. I can't wait to have the one person like Mar- March Madness go like, I got it all right. Cause some, <laughs> someone's going to have it and, and I want to see it. I want to see timestamp of when you came up with it. And then I want to see you release it on the day that everything checks out. Cause that, that's going to be glorious. Someone's going to screenshot their armchair GM on uh, cap friendly. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's get into the Down on the Farm report. So this is going to become a weekly thing from Mitch talking about the Islanders prospects, where they are, how they're doing. So what do we got for us this week? Uh, Well, first thing is that the Mestis and so basically the top two finished leagues have suspended play for the next couple of weeks. Okay, Mestis is out until the calendar year. They're not coming back until at least January. Whereas uh, the Liga, which is the top division, are out until December 26th. They, they said they're not playing between December 3rd and December 19th, but that there, there are no games between December 19th and 26th. So anyways, right. uh, and that impacts an, a number of Islanders players. So in the Messes League, we had Henrik Tikkanen, who's a seventh round pick this year, uh, who's no longer going to be playing for at least uh, the month. The goalie, right? Uh, and he, sorry? The big goalie? The big goalie, 6'8". Six eight big. If he made the NHL, he would be the tallest goalie in, in the NHL. Ben Bishop currently holds that with the six seven. Okay, so, there you go. He's a, he's a big boy. Plays well. Uh, has been playing well. You know, had a little bit of not not a great play uh, game last time, but you know, one game out of six, no big deal. Um, and then uh, you had in the message, you had uh, Jakub Skarik, right, was sent over on loan to Pelitat. Um, that's done. He's training, right? They're still going to be training with the team, right? But I don't, I don't know when they're going to call him back. I would imagine once they know what's going to happen with his damn season, they'll call him back. But like for now, he stays in Finland. Uh, in uh, the, uh, the Liga League, it's weird to say, uh, in Liga, they got Russell Nishikov, who's a second-round pick from 2018, playing with TPS. Uh, so he's, he's out for a little bit. In terms, when I say out, I mean like he's not playing until Boxing Day. Uh, he'd, he'd been a healthy scratch for a while. Uh, and it was finally back playing center on the third line, and uh, the team started playing well again. Otto Koivula with HIFK, who was sent out on loan by the Islanders, mm-hmm. is now going to continue training. I spoke to HIFK today, and they're saying, yeah, we're keeping all of our loan guys. No one's going back until the team calls them back, but that's not going to happen until, again, you guessed it, the 2021 season is figured out. Mm-hmm. 
And then finally, we had six round pick from 2020, Matias Rajaniemi playing with the Pelicans, the Lati Pelicans. Uh, big 6'4 defender. Uh, n- he's just not getting the minutes. He's playing like 10 minutes a night, which is strange because he was playing 20 minutes a night last year. So Strange. Yeah, I, I guess they just got better. They, they probably got deeper on the blue line, and so they bumped the young, the young kid down because he just turned 18 on September 11th. So he's young. Yeah, very young. So they're, they're just kind of like sheltering him kind of thing. Um, and they're just letting him grow, gain his confidence, just like the Islanders uh, do with most of their defensemen. No, absolutely. So that that, that makes sense. And that's going to, like you said, that's going to have uh, an impact on those guys with uh, those leagues being out for a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of news to report just because like not a whole lot of thing is, things are going on. Like Oliver Wallstrom is back to playing. That's great. He scored Good. a goal in his 13 minutes into his return. Uh, Simon Holmstrom is out. Or out. He, he's His loan ended with um, the, the white horse, Vita Hostin. And he's now going to play with Team Sweden because going, he's going to be with them for the World Junior Championship out in Edmonton. Okay. So keep your eye out for that. And then from there, like various college games, like college teams are starting to play again, although we'll see what happens coronavirus styles because... Uh, numbers aren't doing very well. Same thing here. Like I, they're not doing very well here either. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see if they keep going. Like the fourth round pick this year, uh, Alex Jeffries is supposed to start playing in a couple of days for Merrimack, but we'll see. Uh, some college games are are scheduled, but then get postponed at the last second. So we'll see what happens there. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. We'll keep an eye. Yeah, there's not a whole lot lot going on right now because everyone's kind of like figuring out what to do. There's Christmas breaks. There's not a whole lot of games right now. Um, but yeah, as it stands, the, the big thing to report is that Finland has essentially shut down their two leagues and that impacts like five guys on the Islanders prospect pool. There you go. Sweet. So thank you for the update. Well, again, like I said, we'll keep bringing that back every week. So we'll keep getting updates on these guys and hopefully... You know, the 2021 season gets figured out soon, so we start to see who's going where. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting because I mentioned it earlier with no ECHL games. Like, what happens to guys like Cole Koski and Felix Bibo, who are signed? They're yeah. signed to AHL contracts. They don't have a spot on the AHL team, and there's no ECHL. Where do they go? I would imagine the Islanders would like to loan those guys out. I don't know why they haven't yet because, like, again, they have no place. They. I, I kind of take that back why they haven't. They probably want them to play a camp, right? Get a camp in and then yes. realize, like, you're not making the cut. Let's send you out somewhere. Exactly. I think that's I think that's exactly the play. They'll, they'll have them come to camp and then figure, okay, let's send you to XYZ. Although I'm, I'm just thinking this in real time. If camp doesn't start till January and camp is over two weeks into January, we'll say, or, or, or whatever. Let's say it's two weeks into January. The European season ends in March. It's not, it's a, not lot a lot of time. Of time. I, I guess a month and a half is better than nothing. Yeah, that's probably, I, I think that's unfortunately what it'd have to be. Or I guess that'd be two and a half months and then, you know, maybe playoffs. So, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, I'm thinking in real time here. We're not, again, not a smart podcast or a math <laughs> podcast. We just, we just talk, we got to talk it <laughs> out. You just called me dumb to my face. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant we got to talk through this, myself included. Big Big talk it through. <laughs> Big talk it through. Walk it back. Didn't mean. Love didn't it. mean it like that. 
we're very honest. We're very honest. Like you're you're getting the peek behind the curtain. There is no curtain. It's it's right straight through the mics. We've been, exactly. We've been known to to say things and then go. Oh wait, I, hang on. I got to walk that back. That's not exactly what I meant. Perfect. That's we how go. we are. Very honest. Want to get into the quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. So I couldn't find a player who's played 172 games for the Islanders, okay. but I was able to find someone who's played 72. I shouldn't be giving you these. These are free clues. Anyways, as you know, every week we play this game where I get Matt to guess a player who has played X number of games for the Islanders. Uh, this week it's 72. You have five clues, Matt. They get progressively easier as you go. Let's are do it. you ready? Let's do it. Clue number one. I've played for four different NHL teams. Okay, next. My best season was in, in 11, sorry, my best season was in 11-12 where I scored 66 points. So that's his, his career high. Okay. Um next. In 2002, I was drafted 95th overall. 2002. Okay, next. The Islanders really wanted to keep me, but I decided to return home as a free agent to end my playing career. Oh. And by home, I mean like the team that that he started out his career with. Valtteri Filippula. Yes, sir. Good job. There we go. The last one is I'm Weird Franz. There you go. That was a good one, Mitch. (laughs) Good, thank you. I tried a little bit hard to disguise them. I gave you free one with the seventy-two games, but I will correct myself next week. No, that's I. That was good. I didn't get it until that that last clue. That was good. Good. I'm glad it's not like the first one. What was the first one again? Was it Bo? I think it was Bo. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Oh boy. All right, let's get into the social segment. What's going around on Isles Twitter, Mitch? What do you got for us this week? Uh, I got a few here. Uh, the first one is going to be from this person. Uh, what is their name? At T-L-O Mitch. Never heard of them. <laughs> uh, saying, Bo on the Kendrick situation. So if you all remember, Bo Villier tweeted out to Anna Kendrick a while ago. He was on a, a RDS, so uh, Radio des Sports, TSN in French, uh, podcast TV show. And they were asking him a bunch of questions. And they asked him about the Kendrick situation. And he said, it was all in French, saying, Basically, my cousin dared me. We're, they're at home listening to music, and one of her songs came on, I guess from one of her movies. I, okay. I don't know her songs. I didn't know she sang. Uh, it's, in, it's in one of the movies. Um, and I, can't, I, I don't know. Anyways. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, his cousin was there, and he says, I, I dare you to reach out to her. And as Bovillier put it, in my family, if someone dares me, he, the way he said it is, is to put game. Which means like you have no game. You ha- I-, I dare you. Like I-, I bet you wouldn't be able. You wouldn't do. Oh, it. like like a you won't kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, apparently, according to Bo, in his family, if someone says that, they know he's going to do it. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. It's ba- basically like saying like I guarantee I'll get Bo to do something by just saying to put game. Yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Okay. Love that. So there's a few other extracts from that that I'm going to be typing up on the website. Um, he talked specifically about why he had a good year in 1920 uh, that I'm going to type up. One of the factors was Derek Broussard, which was interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yes, definitely looking forward to reading up more on that. Uh, my first one, it's more of a, a question for you and then it's going to turn into uh, a moment. Do you remember where you were two years ago yesterday? 
Yes, I was in the Coliseum parking lot and then in the Coliseum. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, so two years ago yesterday, the New York Islanders returned to the Coliseum for their first regular season game since the spring of 2015. A long time coming, as we all know. Uh, and it was also, it was big for us too because it was both, it was your first time at the Coliseum. It was our first uh, tailgate there. We, we were with Yes Men Outfitters. It was a really fun time and uh I wrote something on it yesterday, but it just it got me thinking. Like I, I just miss that so much. The being able to go to the game, the tailgates, just being with everybody. It stinks right now, but I that memory coming by yesterday just made me feel. And I think a lot of Isle Twitter too, because that was all I saw on the timeline yesterday. Was just I miss this. I, I can't wait to get this back. And it's it's cliche, but it's true. It was an awesome, awesome time, and it lived up to the hype for sure. What is your favorite memory of, of of that evening? Favorite memory of that evening? I th- it's got to be. I'm gonna say grilling beforehand. Mm, that was good. Uh, mine is meeting John Tortorella. Oh, this and is a great story. With the Islanders, yes. but like meeting John Tortorella and him cussing out someone who wanted to take a selfie with him was legendary absolutely amazing that was a great story yeah mitch you went to go use the restroom over at the marriott no i did and so the columbus bus was there and tortorella's coming out of the bus and some poor lady's like john can i take a selfie And he's like he's basically i I don't take selfies no i don't take selfies you have to keep asking here and finally i just walked up and i kind of like walked between them saying nice to meet you john and then he was able to walk off and i felt like i had served my duty yeah yeah (laughs) getting him out of there but he was just so very John Tortorella blunt with her, like, I don't do that millennium garbage selfies, get out of here. Oh my god, that's tough, that poor woman. <laughs> she did not like it, but it's oh, John, what do you expect? Yeah, what do you expect? It's John Tortorella. No, exactly. What else you got? Um, this one here comes from Kelly, uh, and it's the same thing, it's, it's Coliseum, uh, and for her, her favorite memory, uh, my favorite part about this game, Kelly, it's at Kelly Max with... Uh, three S's. My favorite part about this game was the woman who made her husband stay away from their seats because the Islanders scored when he got up. Love that. Oh my God, that's perfect. That screams superstition. I love it. To be fair, he's probably walking around, you know, trying to look like get a hot dog or something. I got up like five minutes before the end of the first period and I did not get back until the end of the second. Sorry, five minutes before the end of the first. I don't know if I said that already. It took me a while to go to the bathroom and get a hot dog. It really did. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mitch didn't know that you can't do both in one shot. It's a one or the other kind of deal. So uh, <laughs> and that you live and learn. You definitely live and learn. Uh, my next one comes from Jay Fresh Hockey. He says, mm-hmm. here's how the war roster builder currently projects the proposed 2020-2021 divisions in terms of projected standing points. The Islanders are in fourth with no fifth sorry with 91 points behind philly carolina washington and boston 91 if 91's the over under are you taking the over or the under on that mitch i'm taking the over i am right there with you i i wish a sports book would put that out at 91 i would hammer that over so fast mitch yeah I, I said that that was fair, and I had a lot of people push back on that. Like, how is that fair? Well, first off, this is a war ranking, all right? Like, th- this is assuming Michael Del Cole is literally flatlining and giving you nothing. It also, like, Jay Fresh was very, very honest with that and, and upfront saying, like, this is based off of 
it's hard to evaluate goaltenders, which doesn't play well for the Islanders, who have 50% of their goaltending load untested in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to favor well in a war rating. It's just not. So, like, add some points there just for Ilya Sorokin. And it doesn't factor in their, their power play. Or it does, but it only takes into account what they did last year. So, like, it, it takes into account Anders Lee shooting at 8% on the power play, or 7%, right? 7.14. Yeah, something stupid, yeah. Like, it, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, having a baseline of eight, uh, 91 uh, points, that makes sense. That really makes sense. This is not to say, like, they're going to definitely hit 91 points this year. This is saying, like, this is probably where they're going to be out, uh, you know, plus or minus, depending on how performances go. And as we've seen, the Islanders always outperform the analytics. So, yeah. This is a, it's not saying like are they bottom of the division. I think this is fair. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think I and with that description, yes, and I completely understand that they, they never rank well in these analytics things. And as we know, usually doesn't seem to matter too much for them. I I think upper nineties is my expectation to upper nineties plus, obviously. But yeah, I see them as a playoff team. Uh, do they win the division? including Probably Boston not. makes it a lot a lot tougher to do um but I think they'll be in the mix for one of the top 3s so ha- having them fourth in the in in the division I, I don't think is 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 a is a shame no, no absolutely not anything else from you my last one here comes from puckpedia so i mentioned it earlier uh puckpedia tweeted out a player will receive more overall cash if escrow percentages stay the same but deferral percentages increase Deferral moves cash from a 20% escrow year, 2021, to a 10 or 6% escrow year. If deferral goes from 10% to 25%, a $5 million contract nets $95,000 more cash once deferral is repaid. So that, that's something to consider when we talked about earlier with Matthew Barzell's contract negotiations. And it's probably why he's waiting. Because if I'm going to have a huge cash out, great. I don't want to have to cash out if I'm going to have to have it escrowed to hell. But if it's deferred or deferred, sure, yeah, that sounds great. But if it's escrow, I'm going to I'm going to lower that. I'm going to lower that hard. So I, I think the Islanders have a cap number worked out with him. I think they're just trying to structure it based off of whatever the economic climate is in the NHL. Uh, and this gives us a good synopsis of what could happen to someone's uh, salary or take-home pay based off of what happens to the economic numbers based on either deferral goes up or escrow goes up. Right. And these are the things that are going to have to be figured out in the next couple of weeks here. (laughs) The next couple of days, figure this out. Do we want to escrow? Do we not? And players like we don't want either. Why would we take either? Because we just negotiated four months ago. So tough times ahead, but this is something to keep in mind uh, going forward. Perfect. I think that's a good place for us to end. So before we go, I'm just going to get a couple of plugs in here. So wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can also visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for your New York Islanders needs. And last but not least, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Whole bunch of content over there for five bucks a month. You got a mailbag show, which we're going to record it right after this. 
We have deep dives on topics during the off season. During the season, you get post game shows instead, live streams, newscasts. It's a whole bunch of fun stuff over there, right, Mitch? It's a good time. We just did an NHL 21 live stream the other or the other day, and um, we thought we'd built a good team, and then it started sucking. So we're like, "What the hell's going on here?" So good times, yay! Absolutely. But that's gonna do it for episode 172. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.